And so, uh, so that's you know one of the things that I've been trying to popularize is if you want to have liberty in China, let's win New Hampshire first. You want to have liberty in in California, let's win New Hampshire first. You want to have liberty in Israel, let's free New Hampshire first. Russia, you name it. And so, uh, to create a laboratory of liberty and prove that you can have uh, peace, harmony, and abundance without government, well, I think there's a global you know, a, a global audience that would be interested in the exact same thing. Greetings and love to one and all. It's Ben Hardy, co-host of the Terrain Theory Podcast, and it is Independence Day weekend. July 4th is just days away, and all across the country, folks will be wearing the U.S. flag, lighting off fireworks, and celebrating freedom. Freedom. That's at the heart of this week's episode, because last week, my co-host Mike Miranda made the trip up from New York to my home in New Hampshire so we could attend the Porcupine Freedom Festival, aka Porkfest. This year was the 20th annual Porkfest, and it's held just minutes away from where I now live. It's put on by the Free State Project, a libertarian-leaning organization working to help freedom-loving people relocate to the freedom-loving state of New Hampshire. This was our first year attending Porkfest, and we have to say it is hard to accurately define this festival, but we wanted to share our experience with you all, because these notions of freedom and sovereignty are at the very heart of terrain theory. You are your primary healthcare provider. You decide what goes into and doesn't go into your body. These looming threats to mandate this or that directly challenge our core belief in bodily autonomy, which itself feels like just one topic under the umbrella of true sovereignty. So that's what this episode explores. We captured some incredible moments at Porkfest, like RFK Jr. speaking, Etienne de la Buissy giving a workshop on voluntarism and his project to turn New Hampshire into the Laboratory for Liberty, and even a young singer-songwriter putting down some incredible music that speaks to the times we live in. We extracted three highlights from the festival to share with you, and we brought our friend Tim Storrs, who also came to Porkfest, into the studio to reflect on these moments and our shared experiences. Our gears are turning, smoking. We have big plans, and we're sharing them with you here first. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you take the opportunity these next couple days to have a real think on what freedom and sovereignty mean to you. Welcome back to Terrain Theory. All right, we are live. MJMJR, Dr. Miranda, and Timothy Stores. Introducing Timothy Stores. Tim, hi. Mike, hi. 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 How are you guys doing? Doing really well. I would have probably introduced this whole, like the premise of this episode, which is going to be a little bit different than, um, than most of the episodes of the past. However, it will bear some resemblance to our Healers and Growers recap. So to the listener, Mike and Tim and I all attended the Pork Fest, Porcupine Freedom Festival uh, in New Hampshire last week. Um, Mike and Tim stayed over at my place in New Hampshire, the freedom-loving state of New Hampshire. They uh, bathed in the waters of the freedom-loving state of New Hampshire, uh, and somehow they were able to leave and head back to New York. Uh, I'm sure both of you are, uh, are suffering some major withdrawals right now, correct? Mm -hmm. 
I've <clears> just <throat> been mainlining Etienne de la Boisy content since I've arrived back home in the unfree state of New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I've been definitely uh, the, the pork fest and the whole experience, even though, of course, it's not like New Hampshire is a foreign state to me. But uh, that experience, seeing it in a new light, definitely has been reverberating for me in the last few days since I came back. So especially in light of possibly changing, you know, moving there possibly as a thought (laughs) way to not commit on, uh, on record (laughs) Timothy, because I was going to hold you to whatever, but you just, you basically gave yourself uh, 15 outs there. Uh, (laughs) um, Let's just, let's just quickly backtrack real quick. Like Tim, Tim, how do you know, you know, why, like, why are you here right now? What, how do you know, Michael, what's the connection for the listener? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think actually Mike and I, I think we met through some other friends. Um, um, I think either at Sean's party, perhaps we met, uh, a couple summers ago when we kind of, uh, you had, you knew no Tom. And I think we met through kind of like mutual friends, but we didn't really, I don't think it really cemented a relationship until we went down to the stop the mandates um, protest in Washington in the beginning of 2022. And then we kind of saw we were like on the bus together and then we got off. We stopped at the I think at the at the actually we stopped at the Biden interstate uh, stop in uh, I think right across the um, right across the border and uh in delaware yeah is that sorry is that road falling down too (laughs) (laughs) and i think we both noticed the irony of stopping there anyways on the way to the protest and uh we were like i was like mike i was like mike and he's like yeah tim and that's kind of and then we just on the bus ride i think maybe there the rest of the bus ride and definitely on the way back we just and the whole rally we stood together oh yeah we stood together we hit it off um kind of like we had always known each other maybe mm-hmm. it felt like you know maybe soul connection there mm-hmm. so um so yeah i and we've we've quickly become pretty pretty uh pretty tight i'd say you know i i, I feel pretty connected to you mm-hmm. tim and i uh you know there's not too many people in this space where you can let it all hang out you know all the things rattling around our minds and and tim is a go-to as are you ben so to have you both as, here is as pretty, well ben great. yes it's it's same same said for for you ben yeah i gotta say and to the listener i'm sorry this is like three dudes growing out right now on an episode but uh it well, that's pa- what we just did all weekend i was just you know? gonna say it pales in comparison to the growing out that was happening <laughs> yeah. at work yeah and yep. then around the fire and i and i i echo mm-hmm. i echo that sentiment i mean tim like we've been on this text thread like i feel like i know you just because we're on this like text thread with mm-hmm. however many other people throwing around you know yep. tweets and links and all the you know conversations all across like the covering the spectrum of of anything that we'll cover in the red pill room which we'll get to yep. um but getting to hang in person i i echo what mike says it's like being around that fire is just anything goes like we can have the freedom to talk about mm-hmm. anything and question everything and that was that's such a treat it was such a treat to one finally like meet you hang out with you 
and you, Mike, like we don't get a ton of face to face time and just this unbroken in front of a fire, walking around our pork fest, watching RFK Jr. Like it was a, it's sort of a dream. I feel like I'm waking up a little bit from a dream, but that's all to say, Tim, awesome to like finally spend some time with you and, um, and, hell man i like i consider you a brother like also we we yeah. kind of wanted over like similar upbringings like we, yeah we got environments a, we've got a very i think a lot of our are even in our current life situations are kind of somewhat yeah. similar yeah um okay i just so. want to interject real quick before we dive in is um i've even heard people like who were always referencing tom cowan this this whole idea of uh, you know we went to the defeat the mandates rally and at in the midst of that when that happened i guess it was january of was it 22 i think yeah mm-hmm. right yep i you know cowan is such uh his own man and you know his attitude towards that whole thing is like and this is going to tie into i think where this conversation is going to get to why are you going to to protest against rights that you already have you know it's like mm-hmm. he, he's mm-hmm. like you know you're just sort of feeding into that system of of resistance of like forced uh almost like this coercive relationship where you're forced to to confront uh an illegitimate authority like just don't even confront it just like transcend or extract that is whereas sort of where i'm coming along to around to but what i realized the power of attending a rally getting on a bus what 4 30 in the morning traveling to dc there's incredible solidarity and mm-hmm. camaraderie that mm-hmm. is born of those, you know, boots on the ground experiences. Right. And so, and, and Tim is, is a testament to that. Like we, that's where we bonded. That's where we found each other. So all that, you know, protests aside, whatever you think about that, um, getting together in person with real people of like mind is now more than ever. So very important. And Porkfest was another manifestation of that. Yep. Yeah. So let's get into that. So the por- so Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is put on by the Free State Project. And the Free State Project, this is from their website, um, is a mass migration. I'm going to read this. A mass migration of more than 20,000 20, people who have pledged to move to New Hampshire for liberty. By concentrating our numbers in a single state, we are maximizing our impact as activists, entrepreneurs, community builders, and thought leaders. Free staters are neighborly, productive folks from all walks of life, of all ages, creeds, and colors, who are on a mission to prove that more liberty lead more liberty leads to more prosperity for everyone. Those in New Hampshire are reaping the movement's benefits both in our freedoms and in our quality of life. But our ultimate goal is to set an example for the rest of the world. That is the Free State Project mission. And I I tried two days ago to explain what Porkfest was to some some friends mm-hmm. of mine who had never heard of it. And I found that I failed because they're they're immediately like, so it's like a music festival. No, it's not a music festival at mm-hmm. all. Um, the best I could do is like, it's a, it is a freedom festival and it's feels largely libertarian. It feels like a celebration first and foremost of libertarian ideal ideals and principles. Although you could, you know, obviously there, there, it goes beyond that. How would you two, well, just backstory for the listener, the festival is held right here in, in the town that I happen to move to, which is funny, uh, but no coincidence, <laughs> as we say. Uh, no. Literally like 10 minutes away from my house um, at Rogers Campground. And uh, it is a festival with 
uh, you, you know, you park your RV, you get campsites, there are vendors, there are these things called hubs. So people can basically host their own event at their little plot of land. There's main pavilions, there's like main tents where, where there are speakers and workshops. And, you know, so much of it is under this umbrella of liberty, like exploring liberty exploring libertarianism there are debates on this stuff obviously rfk jr spoke on thursday which we attended and we're going to get to but how would you guys describe Porkfest to family or friends who have never heard of it before uh it was, that's a good that's a good point because i was um describing it to some uh my sister and um her husband and you know i i kind of I had the same experience where I was like, uh, it's a bunch of libertarians. Well, no, it's more than that. It's a bunch of freedom minded people. Well, yes, but more specifically, what does that mean? Um, I think we said you can, you know, we were saying how you can fly your flag there. You know, there's the spiritual village. There is very kind of like more cerebral, um, almost academic oriented kind of, you know, talks that you can go to where someone wrote a book and they're talking about anti-statism. Um, there's people that are selling CBD oil. There's people that are, um, selling, uh, alcohol and tobacco and, right. you know, drugs. There's, I think it started kind of almost as a, like, almost like a somewhat as a, market a little bit i think someone was describing so that was kind of the original i'm kind of curious about the history of it because i think that's kind of how it was one street remember they were saying it was just one we were i think we were talking to somebody and they were just saying it was just one little like section and then they expanded into the whole campground so it really obvious no no surprise it kind of evolved from there but um so I was telling, I was telling them that like, you know, was there, there were rainbow flags, you know, there were, I, you know, which was, I think I was kind of surprised cause you know, thinking it was kind of New Hampshire, I've always associated being just pretty conservative, you know, pretty Republican slash conservative. And, and I think that's, and, and then libertarian. And then, so I think it started from there and now the libertarian mind mentality is that, you know, everybody can just be who they are and you have a right and an individual, you, you as a human being have the freedom to express yourself in any way that you'd like. And so there is that great, I love that about that. You know, it's, it's very open. There's people that are like, you know, the look like they could be like representing the NRA walking around with their open carry, you know, and then there's people that are like more hippy dippy, kind of thing you know like barefoot and um smoking a joint and doing that so it's a very it's very all of and i and i love that about it right as it should be as it should be yeah um so all that to say <laughs> i'm not sure how to ca categorize it if i was going to pick a word i think it's a gathering yeah right and as, mm -hmm. as a event producer you know i bandy these things about like what is this event there's the proper music festival there's a conference i likened it to the folk alliance conference that i've attended as a musician where you know thousands of musicians from all over really the world it's international folk alliance they assemble in a hotel complex and you have your formal programming that's in the you know the 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 formal schedule and the website and all but then in every nook and cranny and hotel room, there's someone giving a talk, somebody mm -hmm. hosting a happy hour, someone 
hosting a panel discussion. That's a little bit what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit more on the down home end of the spectrum because uh, it isn't a campground to the point where you have people who were renting the permanent you know, trailers that live at the, at Rogers campground just intermingled amongst the event. There's right. a guy like mowing his yard yep. Yep. while this, this gathering is going on this around him, which is so endearing. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't, you know, next year, I definitely, I think you get a different impression. We were saying, I think this earlier when you stay there, you know, yes. when you actually are there to soak it up a little bit more and you actually camp out, I think um, I think you you'll we um, will probably get a different impression um, when when that happens too because being a visitor kind of like a day visitor you don't get the same quite the same experience I mean you do a little bit but um, so I think that's I think that's what I think that's another thing because um, it's meant to be that it's meant to be a camp out kind of thing. And yeah, well, uh, the ha- hair gets let down after the sun goes down, doesn't sure. it? Sure. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what so I'm, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of curious about your impressions. Yeah, no, I would say the same. I think, uh, you know, the first, the first thing, well, we got over there, I, uh, Thursday, right? The Mike, you showed up Wednesday, the pork, pork fest was going all week. But wasn't able to get over there until Thursday morning, which was when RFK Jr. was scheduled to speak. He was scheduled to speak at 10 o'clock. So we rolled over in the morning to like register, park, and then get in line. No real understanding of how we're getting into RFK Jr. Um, first thing I guess that that uh, caught my eye was what you mentioned was all the uh, like open carry, you know, people with mm. like just. Uh, handguns on their on their hips and then more and more you know you see more and more people with like the uh ar-15s like slung over their shoulder i mean we saw a guy with mm-hmm. like a, mu- a musket like an old like yeah. revolutionary war era musket and we we commented on this too like s- there is this, this sense of um like, like yeah cosplay about <laughs> the whole thing at times and then and then some of the t-shirts like i you know i'm always interested to see what people wear on their bodies and the messages they're sending with t-shirts and the t-shirts at this festival were all time like end the fed was one of you know what a what a, a great one that i saw um here there and everywhere but you know it's clear it's sort of like that was the uh, initial impression was like through t-shirts because everyone's sending their messaging and it was all it was like the gamut of messages but they were pretty in your face and like right there's uh you you can't have any question about where i stand based on end the fed okay i I, like i could probably i could probably give 10 points throw 10 things at you and you'd be like yes 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 like you agree with that just based on that one t-shirt that you're wearing and i love that because you immediately find common ground with the person around you based on the t-shirt they are wearing which is which is sort of wild but um yeah i i i would i would say i agree with with what you both um what you both said i think the the thing that i would love to see more of and hopefully we can, you know, work to usher that in is more music. Mike, you, mm-hmm. we're going to get, and we're going to get to this, Mike, you, you met a guy who had a bunch of songs. You ended up actually recording basically an album's worth of his music. We're going to listen to one of those songs because it's such an incredible tune that relates. To, it just hits us in all the right places. Um, I think music is an incredible way 
to get a message across and to unite people. And it'd be cool to like bring some more music to that event. Uh, and then, you know, as we've mentioned, like we're going to have a hub. Like we, we want to, I want to go back and have a hub and have a presence and be a voice there. I think terrain theory, there was, there was talk on health freedom, but you know, you've got, you also have folks, the frontline folks who are talking about COVID and just, you know, the virus is still out there. Spike protein, fear, fear, fear. And I think it's awesome to bring terrain theory and go, well, you want freedom. Like the ultimate freedom is not having the fear over a non-existent um, pathogen. So, so, but we also, you know, we also recognize that that is just one part. And I think that's why we're having this episode on the terrain theory podcast about something that is bigger than just health freedom. I mean, we're talking about freedom and sovereignty and it covers all that. You know, the moment you step away and you say, I do no, I no longer consent to this authority figure governing me that encompasses health freedom and it it encompasses sort of everything. You take control of every part of your body. And so that's why, and you see that that's why guys like Alex Zek like started, you know, seemed to start with health freedom. And he's like, oh, yeah, actually, th- there's a bigger conversation here that covers health freedom, too. And guys like Etienne are getting into that. Um, and so in that in sort of in that spirit, we thought, well, we, if we're going to do a hub and for the folks out there, a hub is just basically like a gathering point. It's almost like you plant your flag at Porkfest and then you can create a schedule of events that happen in your hub and that schedule goes to the main schedule. So when you want to find out what I want to do on any given moment at Porkfest, you sort of look through and you're like, here's the main pavilion. Here's sort of the main tents. There's like bigger speakers and bigger workshops there, but also all these hubs that are sort of spread across the campground, people are hosting little things like little talks and little presentations. And so we're going to have a hub should I just, I mean, we're going to have a hub called the red pill room and I'm not going to get into the details, not going to get into the details that should say enough. So that's just, that's just a, the little teaser for what's to come next year. Folks, you should be putting this on your calendar now because it really is a remarkable gathering that I've never, I've not, I'm not experienced mm. anything like it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm already really excited for next year and Me to interface with more people there and be a bigger presence and a voice to talk about some of the stuff we talked about at the campfire afterwards. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it, folks. So um, we've got three clips lined up for you. As I said, the the first thing that Mike and I did when we got there was we got in line to see RFK Jr. Um, it was really interesting that he was invited to speak at a festival based on liberty that you would have a guy who's uh, gunning to be president most powerful authority figure in in the in the realm arguably um to come and chat and so what we've got we have lined up so rfk we're not going to play the entire thing he spoke for like an hour and then uh carla garricky who is the free state project uh, president emeritus asked him some questions some curated questions that i think she got from folks in the days before and what we're going to play for you is her final question to RFK Jr. And um, for those who weren't there, we're going to, we're going to, we'll try to find and put in the in the show notes links to maybe his entire talk. It was very interesting. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but we're going to line up this this uh, final question that Carla asked RFK Jr. Really interesting question to end with. And uh, enjoy. Here we go. Many of us in this room, including myself, support secession. 
Garricky asking the uh, a candidate for president if he would use violence to prevent New Hampshire from seceding. And it sounded like he chose violence. Strategic ambiguity. I love that response. Yeah, which is a nice way of saying, you know, I can't answer that question. It's, it was, we reflected on, I, re, I mean, I reflected on this for quite some time after that. I thought it was a pretty ballsy question to ask because as president of the United States, it's like the civil war was secession and Abe Lincoln like went to war to preserve the union. I don't know. I mean, so the precedent has been set. I don't know that he could not use violence. And because the problem would be the domino effect. If you allowed New Hampshire to do it, then these other states that they, they would go, okay, well, you know, we got our out. Let's do this. We believe in states' rights too. And we, don't, we believe that the executive branch and, or DC is incorrigible, is irreparable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think what, what it does do in an objective kind of way of looking, this is looking at this confluence of the ideas that are meeting all there. Like you've got this secessionist movement, you've got an anti-statist movement, um, a sovereignty movement, an individual rights movement converging on a place where you've got a potential 
federal executive, i.e. the president for running in a year and a half, being able to being asked that, I thought it was a really amazing thing that you could have somebody at the head of that movement directly interface and directly ask a question to the potential chief, you know, uh, the commander in chief of the United States and say, well, what's your answer, buddy? You know, and that was cool. Um, and I think, you know, another thing is he was aware of the fact that he was speaking to a pretty educated, pretty intelligent crowd of people. You know, it, it could be argued that the people all, in, a lot of people in that pavilion were pro Kennedy, you know, cause they were there and we're kind of ambiguous on that. We were just kind of curious of what he had to say, but, um, I think that's what's exciting about it is that, and that the fact that he, I mean, he, Porcupine Fest didn't ask him to speak there, right? I mean, he wanted to speak there, I presume, right? I actually don't know. I don't know if the, I mean, yeah, I'm not certain how that happened. I do know that he was encouraged to cancel um, because he was encouraged to cancel by the, well, I want to, I don't want to get this, I don't want to get this wrong, but the Democratic Party chair, I think, might have been of New Hampshire. Right. Yes. Because you know, because of because of the people that are attracted to Porkfest. Basically, this guy was besmirching Porkfest. Right. And yeah, and the folks that come there, which, which, which in and of itself was was pretty interesting. And he right. and he he publicly tweeted his response, which was you know, live free or die. Like I'm, I, I, I applaud and I admire the, 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 some of these qualities of New Hampshire as a Liberty state. So I'm going right. to these people. I, so it wasn't, I don't think it was his crowd. There were folks, there were a few folks in the crowd who had Kennedy 2024, but yeah. I, you know, I felt some of the, like some of the comments that were thrown out, hurled out, like were some some challenging topics um, that to me didn't reflect that the, the person shouting them was necessarily a Kennedy supporter, but rather like us, we're just there to hear what this guy has to say to this particular crowd at this particular festival. Um, and to give the, so the, to give the the listener a little bit of backstory, so C A R C A C R three two constitutional amendment. Um, this was put forward in twenty twenty two to. New Hampshire legislature um, in the general session in 2022, it, it did not move past that. So it was voted down. Um, so that's right now, I think that's like dead, but it's interesting because, so this is a, this is a constitutional amendment. This would amend the article seven and article seven was the ratification of the constitution, which basically for the states that, that signed basically said the constitution is, is law. So we're going to abide by that. And this would be an amendment that basically says no New Hampshire, you know, steps away from that, steps back from that and is seceding. Um, it had, so it was on the table. March 10th, 2022, it failed, but it had 162 yes votes and 170 no votes. Um, 156 Republicans voted yes. Only three Democrats voted yes. It's just really interesting that you actually had folks in the New Hampshire legislature who were like, yeah, let's let's just like, let's move this thing forward. Let's see what happens with it. So there appears to be at least some interest in entertaining this conversation of secession. I mean, more than some interest. That's Mm -hmm. a decent amount of votes for moving this thing forward. Yep. So, and that's, you know, and, and, and this is just one topic that's happening at Porcupine Fest. That's just one, that's a big enough topic in and of itself. Right. Yeah. That was (laughs) a talk about. Yeah. That could be its own conference, Mm -hmm. but 
there's the exciting part about Porcupine Fest is that is just one of, I don't know, 50 subtopics, you know, that could be going on there at any one time. So it's a little overwhelming going to Porcupine Fest, I would say. That's one thing I would say. It's a little bit uh, FOMO was going on a lot for me there. I was constantly like, oh, man, I go to this one. I go to this one. It was like my ADD, uh, you know, digital interface, like not finishing an article because then I'm going on to watch a video like was (laughs) kicking in big time. So I had to really... I kind of just got paralyzed and a lot of times we just wind up talking. But so I'm just just to say that if you go to Porcupine Fest, there's you know, that's a that's a that's a warning. That's a just giving you a little um, a little precursor of what you might feel because there's a lot that happens there. And and you might wait in line to get into something and not get in, as was the case with RFK Jr. That was a little bit of a shit show. Mike, you and I showed up and got into a, the the line that had fewer people. We had recorders. We were basically part of the press as representing Terrain Theory um, to get some information. But there was a long, long line to the right of folks that just stretched hundreds and hundreds of people long. Both lines were going through uh, metal detectors, you know, bag search and stuff. There was security, and apparently there was like a pre registration process. Um, and then the the right line were people who were trying to register and get into the event. Like this pavilion where he spoke was only held. What would you say, two hundred fifty people, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, and and there was I would say a thousand people waiting in line to get in. So so many folks who showed up to try to get in to see him speak were not able to. Um, there was no like formal check process when you got through security to see if you were one of the people who pre-registered. There were no list of names. Like mm. it's either you got in or you or you didn't. And yep. It didn't matter if you pre-registered or not. It was and from that perspective, I think it's kind of a fail because you want people who are showing up to see this to be able to. Um, there weren't speakers didn't look like there was a PA system that was set up outside for people to like at least hear what was being said monitors things like that Um, that's you know it is a criticism on the organizers but also you know a festival is a big deal Uh, it can be challenging and maybe they just didn't anticipate the interest and so there were folks that drove from um, I assume all over to the festival just to hear him speak People who were not registering for the festival at all had no interest in attending the festival. And in fact, Mike, when right. we got there, the first question they asked was, are you here to register for the festival or are you here to hear RFK Jr. speak? Right. Are you here for the Kennedy event? The Kennedy. Said, are, they, are they separate events? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> but they yeah. were posed. Yeah. They were, but they were. People were just there. Yeah. And yeah. So um, there was, well, there's yeah. some work to be done on, on the organizational front for sure. Again, not to throw shade because it's a monumental undertaking. Correct. But even, you know, the website leaves a little bit to be desired. I, the downloadable schedule conflicted with the online schedule right. we found yeah. very quickly. That was frustrating. Um, yeah. So work to be done. You know, it's also kind of needs to be said that I think they kind of weave in the philosophy of kind of bottom up organization, kind of like an anarchist kind of mentality by being like, let it be what it is, (laughs) you know, however it self organizes is however it self organizes. So, yeah, I think there's a bit of that, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not knocking that, but, you know that could be an issue at some later point when it gets big enough. Cause yeah. I don't think porcupine fest is going to get any smaller. Right. It's, it's only going to scale, right? It's going to only get, yeah, it's just a question of scale. Um, and it's only going to get bigger and more 
complicated, I think. Yeah. I mean, with in terms of speakers and all kinds of people showing up. I mean, they had Naomi Wolf scheduled to speak and they never took her off the schedule. So I showed up and I was like, oh, she's going to speak. And they just, she just can't, apparently she canceled for some reason, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so they never let you know, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think that's the kind of also the kind of thing that Porcupine Fest is, is where they're just like, well, you know, it was funny because when I first showed up, it was kind of my moment where I, I, I showed up and I was like, is there any, you know, kind of to register? I was like, is there any central, I use the word central to this one guy. <laughs> Uh, and he was actually one of the primary secessionists and like, uh, I forget his name now. He was going to give a talk on it, but this is like Tuesday. And he's like, well, actually it's, it's, this is all just kind of a anarchic kind of like non, there's no centralization. Yeah. He quickly corrected me on that. So that was actually my first, very first impression yeah. of Porcupine Fest, which I love, you know, I love the fact that, cause that's, I'm kind of an anarchist at heart actually, you know, loosely. And so there you go. That to give you a kind of a an overall spirit of the of the whole thing. It that's and there's no big advertising. There's no big banners of any kind. It's very much um, all you know, mom and pop, if you mm -hmm. will, grassroots, grassroots, yeah. you know, based again a gathering. It's a, ga it's a and gathering. I think you said it started as just like one little alley, and it's grown right. from there. Um, I would, you know. Good God. And we're going to hear a clip from Etienne moving forward. But can you imagine a debate between Etienne and Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Well, OK, so you asked that you asked that over text earlier this morning and I thought about it. And I don't know that it would go anywhere because you have to you have to start on common ground. It's exactly. just a non-starter. Yeah. It's almost a non-starter. And one one would right. not want to validate the other. Yeah, because right. RFK says, you know, he wants people to believe in our federal government. And again, and exactly. FTN is coming from a place where like that, that, that bird has flown. Per precisely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, a hundred percent. You, we were talking about, I, I wanted to interject that it's like, because RFK Jr. is saying, I want people to come back together. I want us to be one big happy family. And there is an underlying philosophy, certainly in the, you know, grassroots decentralized reality that I think Etienne de la Bois or Boissy feels is true or Howard, I guess his name is. And then, um, Larkin Rose feels is true. I know there was a few other speakers there. They're on that page that like, that's entirely that this problem of the federal government being overarching power is what is creating the deep state is what is creating this corruption is what is creating all of this problem to have this centralized hidden secret government that is just out of control. So we have to stop doing that. So, I mean, I, I, to your point, I don't know if there would be any common ground. It would just be like, so I think a lot of people are also kind of shirking or just kind of almost kind of energetically leering at RFK jr. It was interesting that he was there, but at the same time, kind of like, dude, what do you, you know, like, go ahead, say what you're going to say, but you know, it might, it might be pointless, you know? Yeah. Hats off to him for trying for showing up. Yo, right? Yeah, right? absolutely. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And his talk, uh, you know, his talk really focused on the, the pandemic, right? He, his talk focused on lockdowns. It focused on the removal of, 
uh, First Amendment rights mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. that time, which speaks, you know, which does speak to the crowd. He he knew his audience there. It's, he spoke about the role of the intelligence community, the intelligence agencies in the in the, the, the throughout the course of the pandemic, basically like orchestrating lockdowns and and response and so on. Um, which to me was was taking up the torch that his uncle carried for some time before he was assassinated, which was trying to uh, address really the deep state and the central intelligence agency and basically wanting to scatter it to the four winds. And it feels like RFK Jr. is 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 going to try to, you know, it's unfinished business almost. Um, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Car- it was funny because Carla, I think... I feel I feel what she's feeling, and I think a lot of people in that room maybe felt the same way, which was, go for it. Like, if anyone can do this, if anyone can start to reform DC, maybe it's you. Like, you're probably the most authentic, truth-telling candidate that we've seen in a while. Uh, so let's just see what you do. And I and and I I think I come to that place. I've been grappling with this. And I think I'll continue to grapple with it for a long time. Uh, do I do I vote for for this man? I be, I he's been a stepping stone, Mike. We talked about this. Like RFK Jr. and Children's Health Defense for me was an important, a really important stepping stone for me to this place now. And I want that, and I think it's a really important stepping stone for other people to get to where we are now. And I don't want to remove that stepping stone. And I want people to find him. Like his appearance on Rogan opened the doors for so many people. You know it. You know how many listeners are like hearing some of this for the first time or maybe hearing it from him and it might be the second or third time and they're like, oh my God, my and, their, and everything shifts. Their worldview shifts because of that conversation. And I want that for more people because he has put his money like where his mouth is. He's defended the environment. He cleaned up the Hudson. Like he did all these things that we believe in too here, protecting nature, actually being an environmentalist because of addressing pollution, did the same thing with children, like defending children. The nuance of his beliefs around things like vaccine might not align completely where I am, but I also know that it can be like a gateway to the the bigger conversation around things like Uh pathogenic viruses. And for that... I really want him to continue on this journey, and I think that he is pr- maybe the most important voice we've had in this country in a long time, elevated to the position that he's at. Will yeah. I vote for him? You know, we're going to get into the Etienne conversation right now, and and this and this little clip that we're going to uh, play you only scratches the surface at, at what Etienne gets into, but a vote is consent to be ruled. So if I vote for Kennedy. I'm consenting to be ruled by someone like him. And and so that's I think where the buck stops for me. That I don't I might I might even donate to his campaign so that he can continue to have right. these conversations uh that no one else is is having and to go after the intelligence community and to go after Fauci and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't think I'll vote because that's consent to be ruled. That's sort of where I land. I I'm right there with you. Yep. I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's I I I will uh contribute to this message of calling out the deep state, calling out corruption uh, without consenting to be ruled. <laughs> I think right. you can have it both ways at a certain point. I also keep mulling this over this question. 
I guess I, I almost feel like it's born of of like storytelling in Hollywood and media. This idea that to quote unquote secede um, needs to be a violent altercation, right? Like a struggle. It's like you have your like your brave heart mythology, right? But I, and I it's funny because I tried to pin down Etienne on this question, and the conversation kept sort of squirming in a different direction. But we've had conversations about this concept of learning different types of law, sovereignty law, what that means on paper, um, you know, who we are as like, you know, creations uh, that cannot be governed by any other. Versus your straw man. Right. Well, that's, then there's that conversation, right? right? Like who we are as, as, uh, as human, uh, you know, entities who, who don't consent to be being governed. Is there a way to like that Homer Simpson meme of just like disappearing into the bushes without confrontation, without violence. doesn't mean without homework, do your homework, learn the steps to, even if, if it literally comes down to the bureaucracy of filing the right forms or canceling the contracts, Mm -hmm. this is the type of trees I've been barking up at this idea of contracts, canceling your contracts with the state and becoming sovereign on paper and, you know, as a soul. But the message I'm getting from Etienne maybe is that we actually already have these rights that we just need to step into the power of that. So it's, it's mass education followed by mass non-compliance. And that, and that sounds a little over romanticized to me, honestly, that if you just educate and not, and, and don't comply as, as a, a major population, which he wants New Hampshire to be sort of the spark that, that sets off the whole revolution. I actually I don't want to use that word, but th- there we are. Um, it's a really good question. I want to know how much. I feel like there has to be more nuance to it than that, but but we'll find out. That's we're just starting this this path in some ways. Should we should we queue up Etienne? Yeah, let's queue up Etienne. So Etienne, add something to that. Yeah, go yeah, I mean, I I think that you know, I think we're on a, I think porcupine fest. My sense, my overall sense, was that this is a pivoting point. There was a like me might have been like we might look back in another twenty years and look at how I mean, as a result of COVID and all the stuff we've seen in the last three years that. You know, especially, you know, adding in these other pieces like, you know, the not, you know, terrain theory versus germ theory, um, getting into sovereignty law. It's I feel like we're at this precipice point where it's going to go into a different it's going to go into high gear like Porcupine Fest will probably go if people like us go and, and we do the red pill room, it'll go to another level, you know, and so all that to say that. I don't think we know exactly right. how it's going to all play out. I think the melange, the mix of all these different people and all these different ideas, you don't know how all of that, is, the combination of permutations of freedom-loving people are going to manifest into a freer society. But it's it's everybody's kind of generally, the people at Porcupine Fest are all kind of on that road. They're all going in that direction in some way or another. You know, Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. So... I think that's just what's exciting about it. it. It's this potential. There's a lot of potential that's kind of has not has not crystallized yet, but you can see that there's this real exciting vibe that's underneath the surface there that's bubbling up. Yeah, we don't have to know. 
we, we don't have know. to know. We, we can't, can't know. know. But these conversations are indeed happening. And, you know, there's a reason Etienne has chosen New Hampshire to to launch this pilot project of, to, right. you know, practicing liberty on mass um, using like guerrilla um, techniques in terms of propagating his message in his in his like hard copy. He wants hard copy books, DVDs, invitation tickets to town halls. Well, let's um, get into it. He talks. He yeah. talks about it in his first ten minutes. What, yeah. But Mike, but let uh, cue up just really quickly the 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 scene here. What was the setting? Because yeah, you got so, this. You got this recording, right? Uh, so as we mentioned, it was it was a glut of things happening every hour, like so much that you almost shut down. It's like paralyzed. There's too many things to even pick one. A lot of good things too. Or sometimes there's so much you just like sort of gloss over. Like let's just go sit in the shade and chill out. Yep. It is overwhelming. Um, but you know, there was some name recognition I had for people on the schedule from listening to podcasts like these last few years, Etienne was one of them. That was one that I was not going to miss. Um, it was on Sunday at 1 PM and I thought I was just going to like check him out and then roll. That was my plan. And we'll get to why I didn't roll in a minute with our next segment. But, um, and I also assumed he would be in the big pavilion where we saw RFK, like sort of, quote unquote, the main stage. He was in the most unassuming small 10 by 10 tent with a picnic table. And there were six or seven of us sitting around. Um, and it was a very informal talk, um, which which was, for, for my money, perfect because I could sit right next to him. And I, I, I became, you know, we, we struck up a conversation quickly. It's, it was a real nice end that we're the terrain theory podcast. You know, he asked what, you know, who were you recording with? Cause he saw my record. I'm with the terrain theory podcast and it's like an immediate common ground interest. So I think he trusted me. <laughs> In fact, he signed, I ended up buying his book cause it's been on my list and he signed it. Uh, Mike, thanks for what you do for Liberty. Real freedom worldwide. The real is underlined twice Howard. And then under that Etienne de la, and it's sort of you know i think we're all guilty of feeling like we have imposter syndrome or are we really doing enough Mm. but he sort of like validated that for me like okay yeah no this is this is our contribution and it and and it was seen and that felt good and and so the name of his book michael okay i'm going from memory but i believe it's government the greatest scam in history exposed and the subtitle is quite good too but i don't have that in front of me and so is, actually uh, so it might is, be right here hold on i might okay, have it in front of me. i do i do ha huh. these phones uh they have information in them <laughs> uh how intergenerational organized crime runs the quote government media and academia and Boom. to the folks listening out there so howard's his real name etienne de la Boissy is his uh his pen name but it's actually Etienne de la Boissy 2. If you're going to write that into Amazon to get his book, the uh, original Etienne de la Boissy was a, a like a French magistrate political theorist who lived in the 1500s, who wrote discourse on what is it? Discourse on voluntary servitude. So you understand where why Howard chose this as his pen name. But it can be confusing if you go into Amazon or Google even, and you um, you're served back this this guy from the 1500s who espoused the same things. In fact, I mean, this is the whole reason it was anti tyranny, anti monarchy, anti statism. 
Um, so let's, here we go. We're going to, we're going to, this is like the first 10 minutes of Etienne's talk, which basically outlines his plan starting with New Hampshire, which is amazing. Here we go. You ready for me to get started? Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I'm Etienne de la Buisi, the founder of the Art of Liberty Foundation and the author of the book, Government, uh, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed. Uh, and the thesis of my book is that government is illegitimate. Uh, it is a tech, best thought of as a technique to rob and control populations. And uh, they get away with it because the government is in league with the media and academia. And so on the academia side, it's the mandatory government school that teaches you that government is legitimate, desirable, and necessary before you're old enough to really evaluate the logic and the morality of that claim. And on the media side, there is a uh, monopoly media system of six monopoly media corporations running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries on the old media side, radio, print, television, stations, cable. Um, on the new media side, there's three to four dozen new media internet companies, search engines, social media, uh, uh, Wikipedia, Google, Discuss, the comment engine that does comments on thousands of websites, uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix, um, Snopes, and other associated sites that are censoring information algorithmically. And so, uh, so that system, that algorithmic censorship of the internet plus the monopoly media system means it's almost impossible to reach a large amount of people to get a consistent message out on a consistent basis unless you have kind of unlimited uh, dollars, which the liberty movement doesn't. And so in my previous life, uh, I used to be a productivity expert for Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. And so I would put on my, my, product, my, my uh, productivity expert hat and I'd say, hey, how can we accelerate the goals of the Free State Project? And so I came up with something that we call the Pre-State Project. And the pre-state project, and uh, in New Hampshire, a pre-stater is someone your pre-stater, excellent, that supports the liberty goals of the free-state project, but didn't necessarily move here because they already live here. And so my thesis uh, with the with the pre-state project is, how can we, f you know, focus and accelerate uh, reaching the libertarian leaning in the state. And, and, and expose the illegitimacy and criminality of government in a way that cannot be censored, that gets around this algorithmic censorship of the internet and the monopoly of the media. And so, uh, so the way that uh, I think that that can be done is by just going door to door, which you can do in a small state. That, Huh? And arresting people. Uh, no, not necessarily arresting them. Well, well, well. First, we start with just educating them, and so I mean, the ma the main education is that you know most people have been raised their entire life uh, to believe that government is legitimate, that you just have to vote harder if you want social or you know socioeconomic change. That is the problem. We just all voted harder. If we just if we just all vote, you know, vote harder. And so what my, uh, you know, what my uh, uh, idea is, is to, to uh, widely expose it by dropping copies of 
government the biggest scam in history, our, our 64 gigabyte flash drive with all the evidence to back up the book, and a to-be-determined documentary door-to-door uh, -door in a campaign that can't be censored at all that achieves something called the hundredth monkey effect which is the uh, the idea that people come to kind of a group consensus very very rapidly when they're all talking and focused on the same thing at the same time and so uh, so I did you know kind of the math and so there's you know roughly 1.3 and change million people in New Hampshire 800,000 of whom are voters and so if you were to target the influential in the state using kind of modern uh, demographic, uh, you know, marketing techniques, uh, buying the right lists of, of uh, journalists, influencers, bloggers, vloggers, entrepreneurs, business executives, the professoriate, the teachers, uh, the, the people that have the ability to influence others, all right? Uh, those are uh, those are kind of the 10 to 15 percent of the population that you that you have to win because you don't have to for social change you don't have to win everybody you've just got to really reach this 10 to 15 percent of the population that either are the are the natural leaders uh, or are in a position to positively influence others and they drag the rest of society okay and so if you can if you can target that group and then fill in with the parents of high school seniors, all right? So if you drop 100,000 copies of, you know, 100,000 packages, we'll say, and by the way, it doesn't have to be my book. I believe that my book is the most effective in waking people up, but if, if somebody had a different book and a different flash drive full of resources that was more effective, then I would say do it too, but like the key thing is to get around the censorship, the algorithmic censorship of the internet and the monopolization of the media, going direct, okay, in the good sense, not the black rock sense, but like going direct makes a lot of sense uh, because it's impossible to censor and you're getting everybody on that block talking about the legitimacy of government in a way that's never happened before. And so I did the math and, and kind of the basics of the idea are that uh, we would target 12 different communities in New Hampshire, all right? And in those specific cities and communities, and so you know, some of them are obvious, it's Portsmouth, Manchester, Concord, Nashua, where, you know, go, go on down the list. Uh, we kind of roll through the state, com you know, community by community, we hit all of the different uh, the homes that we've targeted in the area using these modern uh, marketing demographic techniques. Uh, they get a letter, they get a little box that has the book, the flash drive, and the documentary, and a letter explaining, hey, we're having to, to, uh, to communicate with you in this way because there's been an organized crime system that's been controlling the information that you receive through this monopoly media system, we're giving you this book that explains the basics and we're giving you a flash drive full of information backing up all of the, the claims that we're making. And here's a documentary as well, because some people like documentaries, some people like reading, you know, so we're hitting all the ways that people learn. And we're having a town hall meeting a week and a half from now and here are four tickets, and there's literally four Ticketmaster looking tickets <laughs> in the box, okay, for an event that is a week, scheduled a week and a half uh, ahead of the drop. 
And so now you drive people to an in-person town hall meeting where the first part of the day we have three speakers, one of whom's focused on the illegitimacy of government, one of whom's focused on the criminality of government, one of whom's focused on what's going on in New Hampshire with the Free State Project and the Liberty Movement and the Liberty Organizations that are here. And then once those speeches are done, we turn the, the, the crowd, the assembled crowd, uh, loose on uh, tables of all of the major liberty organizations in the state. From the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, to the Children's Scholarship Fund, to the Libertarian Party, to the, you know, the, Repu the Republican Liberty Caucus, to every you know, organization in the state that is focused on liberty issues, we're going to introduce the people to those and then we're going to pack it up and we're going to go on to the next event in the next city. And so, uh, so the final thing that I wanted to say is we're going to uh, uh, drop, uh, we're going to move those people that, that come out and have demonstrated that they're interested and willing to take action, we're going to move them to a to-be-determined, encrypted, censorship-proof communications platform so we can continue to, you know, to communicate with them. Uh, but we're going to then roll on to the next city and we're going to do the exact same thing, driving people to a town hall meeting where we answer all their questions, introduce them to the liberty groups, and then just keep rolling through the state. And so a, uh, for about a million bucks, you could drop 100,000 copies of the book 100,000 flash drives, 100,000 DVDs, and you could do town hall meetings in every single city uh, for about a million dollars. Now that's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, especially, you know, my thesis is we can win liberty everywhere, but, uh, but we've got to win it somewhere first. And so, the, so I believe that there's a global movement that would support you know, freeing one particular U.S. state. And so, uh, so that's, you know, one of the things that I've been trying to popularize is if you want to have liberty in China, let's win New Hampshire first. You want to have liberty in, in California, let's win New Hampshire first. You want to have liberty in Israel, let's free New Hampshire first, Russia, you name it. And so uh, to create a laboratory of liberty and prove that you can have uh, peace, harmony, and abundance without government, well, I think there's a global, you know, a, a global audience that would be interested in the exact same thing. Okay. Etienne de la Boissy, two. <laughs> Tim, Tim, you had a comment. Oh, I loved what he was saying. Um, but in my, my travels through like sovereignty, my, my cursory travels through sovereignty law and all of this, there's a difference between freedom and liberty. Liberty is something that's like you have liberty to do something. It's almost like a privilege mm. in the, and I, and I think this is because legalese is so technical mm -hmm. um, and so important. Every word is important and it has a very specific definition. Mm -hmm. There is a difference between freedom and liberty. So you have liberties, but liberties are things that are given or handed out. They're not inherent necessarily. Freedom is something that's not given. It's just part of the natural state of you as a human being. This is what I understand. Now, I could be corrected on this, but um, that's all. That, but, but otherwise, otherwise, I really loved what he was saying. But, I'm being a stickler here. 
I yeah, think. Lab- laboratory of Liberty just sounds so good. It's uh, the yeah, that's synest- was it in poetry synesthesia, synesthesia. It's got the it's got the L and the L makes yeah. it sound yeah. That's good. Assonance, something like that. Uh yeah, well in this thread that comes up often how everything is upside down, everything is inverted and ostensibly we live in the land of liberty and yet the very thing that may be standing in the way of true freedom is the entity that espouses. It's like that movie, the usual suspects, not to give away the usual suspects for anyone who hasn't seen it, but it's like the, uh, the villain you're watching him the entire film. You have no idea that the, that the villain is amongst you. It's, it's that, it's mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. that wolf in sheep's clothing. So you're, saying, you're saying the government is Kaiser Soze. Correct. Yeah. Well, that sounds about right. Yeah, Etienne, I, I, guess, I guess wouldn't disagree with you. I, I, I think his plan is pretty well thought out. So he needs a million dollars to mail a hundred thousand of these things. So ten dollars each. Uh, it really just seems like a, a matter of money, which is what it, all campaigning is, isn't it? Uh, really, just having the money to get your message out there across the channels. Although for this message, as he pointed out, you can't use those channels. So it's got to be grassroots. It's got to be door to door. I love that he chose New Hampshire for obvious reasons. Um, but what yeah. he said, there's there's already libertarian leanings in New Hampshire. And it's this idea is like, we just got to push people over the edge. It's like yeah. it's, it's, it's trending in the right direction. What right. people don't realize is right. that we need to get past the model as a whole. And, right. and therefore, and so therefore he's taking what, what the free state project is proposing, which is secession, from the union to be a sovereign nation of New Hampshire. And he's taking it a step further. He's like, well, we don't even need that because ultimately what you're doing there is you're still, you're just, you're, you're replacing like big daddy government with like smaller daddy government. And he's saying, we don't even, we don't even need that. I mean, the idea of voluntarism is just agreements between sovereign humans, just agreements, not necessarily like contracts to be, uh, to be governed. Yep. It's a complete paradigm shift. It is a complete paradigm shift. And one that I'm unfortunately just not uh, not well versed enough on. Mm-hmm. And as he pointed out, like you, you in the education system, you get in and you're doing the pledge of allegiance. You're you're learning about the founding fathers. You're learning about like democracy and fighting back against the tyranny of King George and all that stuff and you're like, "Yes, we live like we live in this freedom-loving country. You are indoctrinated into the concept of America." as like the free country. And that's just not necessarily the case. Right. Kaiser Soze. The, the day that I left for New Hampshire, you know, the kids are wrapping up school. They are in government public school presently. Uh, I'll just leave that there. But Opal had her big piece of construction paper and she was showing me her project that she did with a couple of classmates on their government, their government project. You know, they had to come up with a government and you know a bill of rights and concepts about i mean and okay so government and governance it is important to get together with your classmates with your friends and hash out how you want to live where the food's going to come from um in the quinian sense we all need to make a living so and i think that's an important distinction government versus governance cooperation is essential to being a human being. And then again, in the Quinian sense, you know, you have dolphins who live in whatever they are, pods, and 
school of fish and humans organize as tribes. And that is never going anywhere. Right. And so this, I mean, what are his goals? Peace, harmony, and abundance. This is something we talk about all the time. He is advocating for a non-violent action of non-compliance to achieve peace, harmony, and abundance. And what I think is beautiful is that so many of these talking points, as I get more and more comfortable with them, I do see a lot of crossover with, for lack of a better term, normies. People who, even if they're locked into the mainstream narratives and programming, they know corruption is rampant. They know lobbyists run the show. They know that censorship is problematic, even if it's just in the guise of propaganda, uh, advertisement, media. Like It's not a controversial thing to realize the way that pharma sort of like runs the show on the airwaves, all these things. So there's, there's actually a lot of crossover between what he's saying and what is in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Agreed. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I was speaking with some family members and uh, it seemed like they were, it seemed like the fact that I went to a festival where there was, it wasn't like I was listening to something on the internet. I was actually going to a place, an analog, real-time place <laughs> where actual real people were talking and talking about this stuff in a very serious way. Like, this is not this is not theoretical. This is not some abstraction. This is like, this has got legs. So I think it gets more respect when, you know, it can be seen that people are actually going out of their way, traveling somewhere listening to speakers talking about all kinds of things that would otherwise be considered hooey and nonsense, like, you know, but specifically these things that we're talking about. So it's not, it's, 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 I think automatically that converts it into something that's more tangible for people and more legitimate, more legitimate is the word really. And, and maybe a little more shocking when we mentioned yeah. to, when we mentioned to Earl, Uncle Earl, shout out Uncle Earl, who's probably up in Nova Scotia now. Uncle <laughs> Earl stayed over uh, at our, at my place. It was Thursday night. That was the night that, that was after we saw RFK and we mentioned to him, actually the free state project actually introduced a bill, a constitutional amendment to secede from the union. And he, he was, he's like, well, you, you can't. You can't right. just secede. Like the Constitution yeah. prevents it. You can't just secede. It's and <laughs> he's a, like he, he's a lawyer. He's 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 educated as a lawyer, and it's beyond that. Just as a citizen of the United States of America, the look on his face was one of like okay. It, it almost felt like it cast the entire festival as like a, a group of loonies. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the idea that New Hampshire is ser- like there's a group in New Hampshire that introduced a bill that is serious about seceding, right, is hard to wrap your head around. That we would live exactly. in times we all we all were again indoctrinated into the story of the Civil War and the South seceding and the fight to preserve the Union to think that that could repeat itself in our lifetime, or there are groups who are intentionally trying to pull a state away from the union. And then on top of that, these other conversations, which who can wrap their head around? We, you know, we tried to talk a little bit about the idea of like straw man and contracts that you enter into without your knowledge. And, uh, and that is just a, a lot for someone who's never heard of it to wrap their head around to someone who maybe, I mean, to folks out there who 
don't even, yes, they might acknowledge the corruption that exists in Washington, but can't imagine existing, existing, period, without some authority figure telling them what to do slash holding everything together. I think that people feel that that government is the glue that holds society together, that without it, interstate, you know, the Biden interstate would crumble and there wouldn't be water and there wouldn't be trash removal and there wouldn't be, you know, these, that, that, that government provides the fundamentals for us. And I think that once you get over that, you go, well, actually as a community, we could probably make sure that everyone in my little town had enough to eat had power, had clean water, we could figure out the trash and the sewage. Like we could actually figure this out without a big government. Mm-hmm. Over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Hobbesian concept of the Leviathan, you know, this idea that the state has monopoly over violence. It's it's too big to and fail. Like the con I think yeah, what everyone's said is like too big to fail. We can't yep. just like step away from it. It's holding yep. everything together and saving our lives. And, but and we've been indoctrinated to believe that that's a necessary evil. We have, you know, yeah. and so, uh, and I think in now even people, no matter what your political stripe are seeing that there's a serious problem, you know, going on and no matter where you're falling, you might still vote again, but it's a little bit like hope springs eternal, you know, with, you know, but not necessarily in a good way when you've got the strong man up there at the top, you know, like, I mean, literally the, the pictures of. I thought it was very interesting because uh, RFK Jr. is pretty pretty jacked dude. I mean, he's like physically, he's like, I don't know if you guys have seen those pictures of him yeah. like bench pressing, but I, you know, and he's like chest is huge and everything. And I'm like, hmm, this is this any accident that he's being shown to be the strong man, <laughs> you know, that's going to save the day like Trump, like whoever yeah. he's going to mm. swoop in and he's going to. He just needs an S on his chest, right? There's something auspicious about the timing of it all. Yeah. yeah. So I think the erudite, quite um, intuitive people that attend Porcupine Fest who are in the know, kind of know, they, they can see that. They can smell They can smell a rat. I'm not saying RFK Jr. is a rat. I'm just saying that the zeitgeist of what he represents, the archetype of what he represents is just more of the same. The and institution so, is a rat. The, the institution is a rat. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. That's- that makes a lot of sense. So then you you potentially pull folks who would be in favor of like sovereignty and even starting with secession to be like, well, you know, actually we have our guy. Like he's going to, he is our hope. They can sense the change, the sea change, and they go, we need someone who the people can rally behind yep. with the illusion that he's going to change the system, which cannot be changed. It's so like you fishing. Just hang on. Yeah, you hang on for another four years. Right. You Put hang something on. Yeah, yeah, irresistible out there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. kicking the can down the road. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, we even fall into this way, as you say, and rightly so, and me as well. He changed your life, Ben. With, Absolutely. Changed with, the course Changed with, the course of my life as a parent, as a human. It was a stepping stone. Yeah, and he's yeah. done incredible work. And like we already said in this conversation, I will continue to support and amplify his message because yeah. it's very much in alignment with mine up to the point where I... And I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but going to the ballot box and casting into the digital void um, and giving that consent actually starting to seem like a bridge too far for me. Um, but like I said, amplify the message. That's 
that's an alignment that yeah, works. Unless his message is, yeah. I will use violence to prevent New Hampshire from seceding. Well, and, then, and I yeah. think, I think, and again, we don't know how this will play out, and that's why it's a laboratory of liberty. It's a laboratory, but I, I and it might be romanticized and naive, but I can't help but think, and we've said this before, like power in numbers, right? Mass education followed by peaceful non-compliance. I do wonder that once you get enough people awake to these ideas that it almost self-organizes mm-hmm. right yeah. and that you and that the, the word secession isn't even correct that you don't even necessarily need to like formalize it that it's just self-evident yeah because in what is a government it the, the idea is that it's providing a structure for the work to be accomplished but who is doing the work the people are doing to the work like yep. duh it's the yep. same idea of like you know, songs don't change the world. No, they don't. But people who hear songs may change the world. Again, it comes to back to the people and which comes back to empowerment, education, and walking in that power. That's that's all we're really talking about. It's the same shit. So I have a question for, for both of you, given that you've got now two compelling reasons to be here. One would just be the Free State Project and like seceding from a corrupt union. Uh, and the other would be as a laboratory of liberty that um, Etienne de la Boissy is is uh, is in, it's you know working on. What is the last straw for you two to move away from New York to New Hampshire? Because you like you can't you can't have wood stoves, right? They're taking away your wood fired pizza, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> you ha- you have no exemptions. Where like when do you go? Enough is enough. I'm out of New York. I'm coming to New Hampshire. <clears throat> On the spot. <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll go first. It it's complicated because, um, well, where it's not complicated is I'm from New Hampshire, so I have an awful lot of like live for your die pride. It's like you can take the boy out of New Hampshire, you can't take the New Hampshire out of the boy. Mm. I I've always had part of me that that wants to be back in New Hampshire. I miss it being with you over the weekend mm. in your new digs. It was like even yep. though we grew up in a different part of the state, it's like it's New Hampshire, like and it's living up to its creed in some ways right now, right? Yep. Yeah. So that. Uh, that's really comforting actually and exhilarating right to like step back into dates mike dates we want dates <laughs> well you know i deadlines i'm we're as a family we're pretty embedded here I right know, and so I there's know. um you know i think it's bigger than just conversations it needs to be it's that it's like mass education on a personal level yeah. right because i'm on this odyssey but it's hard to take everyone along with you, uh, you know, wife, kids, in-laws, family, like the whole thing. Um, we've got a pretty, we're really well set up here. You know, we've got our home and our, now our permaculture install and the Ashokan Center, which is a community gathering place doing really good work in the community. And um, so it would be a hard sell to, to um, uproot the family, whether it's like, my immediate family or the, or a larger family, but, um, I'm basically sold. It's just that I am not an Island, you know, there's it's, so I can't give you a straight answer, but the gears are moving. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Tim, you're a little bit less encumbered by a little bit. Yeah. Some of these, families. um, 
Yes. Uh, I was going to make a joke and say it's a little hard to do your work from a quarantine camp, but yeah, um, that's a, that's a, you know when the ele- the last election not to cut you off. Yeah, that was my sort of my glib one liner. You know when the last election rolled around and uh, yeah, I guess it was Hochul versus I don't even remember his name anymore. That's, that's ridiculous. You know the challenger. Oh, uh, um, Zeldin. Zeldin. Yeah, and you know. And right up into the wire, a lot of like the usual suspect uh, talking points were bubbling to the surface, you know, that that fracking was going to come back with a vengeance under someone like Zeldin, mm. someone from the right, you know, someone in a red category. You know, I've been a like fierce uh, opponent of fracking as an environmentalist. Right. And my line was, I can't help keep fracking out of New York State from a quarantine camp. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. And that it sounds hyperbolic, but that is where the stakes are at. Yep. So continue. Yeah. I mean, that's where the stakes are. at. I mean, I I think of Nazi Germany, you know, like, you know, like when was it like and not just for the Jews or anything, but just when was it at what point for the citizenry saying who were realizing we were seeing what was happening? They weren't, you know, swept up with the propaganda, but we're like, do I leave now? Do I leave now? Mm -hmm. Do I leave? You know, when when is that moment? I mean, you don't want to wait when you can't when they're knocking on your door literally and that seems like again it's not it's not hyperbolic to say that you know because it's just a little switch over once they pass a certain law or do the certain thing that's that's it so um i do think i mean you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh i i'm gonna i can give a timeline you know um but I'm I am I'm a little bit different and of a situation than you, Mike. I mean, I'm I'm in a process of a separation from you know my partner, and I'm looking to perhaps not sell my property, but you know figure out a situation with that and 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 move. And I've been the wheels have been turning for me. So um, and I've just started a business so myself, so it could transfer to New Hampshire pretty easily, I think, um, as a chef. So, um, I'm in that process of thinking about how to do it. And Ben, you live in a beautiful spot. I would love to live, live near anywhere near you, be your neighbor. Uh, that would be an amazing thing and be near Porcupine Fest and be, be near that kind of community. So, um, it's definitely, it had been something that I was thinking about, but Porcupine Fest, I think pushed me probably, Definitely pushed me over the uh, the the in a good way. Pushed me over the edge. So, um, I'm I'm not quite at the place yet where I can say it's just a matter of this and this and this. There's a few things I need to figure out, but I'm kind of I'm going in that direction. So yeah, yeah. And one thing I might add is obviously the line is my kids, right? I mean, mm. my wife and I are in alignment that while they are in school, should shots be mandated around the corner, we're going to pull them out of school. And, and I guess you don't necessarily get a heads up if they're going to like knock on your door and try and take your kids away. I, I don't think that's how it works. It probably gets sprung on you. But obviously that is something that is in my mind is that I might have to be on guard for. So the stakes might be high enough that that I can make all the excuses in the world about how embedded we are here. But um, if it comes to protecting my family, literally, then I don't think it'll be that hard of a choice. And I think my wife would probably see that for what it is as well should it come to that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay uh, well i will be blowing up both your phones with real estate land and properties 
<laughs> in this area moving forward. So. And I'll be like, Ben, we can build a yurt in your backyard <laughs> yeah, for only two thousand dollars. You yeah. can't tear down my raspberry no. bushes, sir. No, never would. No, never would dream. No, I'll would. live in your chicken shack. Yep. Oh yeah, that's yeah. There you go. There it is. All right. So our last clip that we're going to queue up, Mike, I'll let you queue this up again, because this is a guy that I didn't even really get a chance to meet. I don't even know how you, I was like, you sent me a video. Basically I took off, I took off. And then you sent me this video of a dude like in front of your van, mic'd up recording. I was like, of course I leave for an hour and Mike has set up a recording studio at Porkfest and is now like making albums. Of course, of course that would happen. Of course, you would find the fellow musicians and like, let's make an album. But anyway, cue this up. It, well, it was Providence. I don't know what else to call it. Because like I said, mm-hmm. I had earmarked Etienne, wanted to be there for that. Um, then you were there with Grayson. So, you know, which was great to have have your son there. But when you have your, your little one at a, any festival, you don't necessarily get to hear all the bands you want to hear. You're sort of on their schedule, right? You're going to the playground or you're getting a snack or whatever it is. You were being a dad. Um I was a free agent, so I wanted to see Etienne. I even texted home to Ruth, like, yeah, I'm going to see this one more speaker at 1 p.m., done it too. I'll probably hit the road. It's a five-hour drive back home. I was planning on being home by, by 8 o'clock that night. But um, as it played out, I was at the tent Etienne was to speak at, and he rolled up. I didn't, I didn't even know what he looked like, so he sort of rolled up with this posse. He was like, got his hair slicked back but he was wearing sort of like this baja sort of garment like a hippie like that ruth and i are always banding about this idea of hippies and hicks in a lot a big place where they sort of have crossover is in this libertarian space Mm -hmm. right like they Mm -hmm. both like to smoke weed and just like get off my lawn and hippies and hicks so he's he was sort of the embodiment of like a hippie and hick he's from the south he's wearing a hippie baja and he's got this like posse with him it was actually almost like my first impression was like these guys are like, they mean business. Like, I don't even know if like what they're up to or who they are. And then he stopped at that tent and I said, oh, are you here to see Etienne? It's like, oh shit, that's you. It's like, you're, you're him. And we had a little laugh over that. Um, but on his, his wingman. So it seemed as they rolled up on the scene was this kid, Brendan Daniel is what he's going as, uh, for his, his new handle as a musician. And, we struck up a conversation. He was, he had only met Howard that weekend because they're camping near each other. And I had mentioned that I'm a musician. I guess Brendan heard that. We started talking music. He's a songwriter. We had so much in common in that space in terms of like our process. We don't really write songs. We pull them down from the sky. Uh, only know a few chords, but that's all you need. All this stuff. Uh, and he saw me with my recorder and he says like, oh, I need one of those or something like you could see that he'd been trying to figure out how to get his songs recorded in the big picture, but also at Porkfest because he had sung some songs for Howard and the gang at the campground, like the type of stuff we missed out on by not being present at the campground. And then so Howard gave his talk. The group picture followed. So we all walked down to the field where the big photo was taken And it's like, and I realized like, I can't leave. Like I was about to leave, but I only finally now just made a couple friends and we're hanging out. And it's like the aftermath of the photo. And it's like, I could bounce, but something was telling me don't bounce, don't bounce. Like, like maybe swap some songs with this kid, maybe Mm -hmm. check out his campground tonight. Like I only finally found my little foothold in that space. 
And then it occurred to me, and again, I meet a lot of musicians. You meet a song, a lot of songwriters. Someone can like talk a good game. They can still be horrible, right? Like how many times have we, we, we tripped into that scenario? Um, I was like, you know what though? Like I'm here now. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay the night. I didn't know if it was going to mean like staying for dinner and like hunkering down and swapping songs or going back to your place, Ben. But I was like, let's go. Hey, what are you doing right now, Brendan? Nothing. You want to go record your songs? Hell yeah. Let's go. Let me grab my guitar. I said, you can use my guitar if you want. Well, I'm a lefty. Oh, okay. Grab your guitar. Um, and so he gets his guitar. We, sh- we, I had that, that same parking spot. I was able to lock in for the whole weekend. And uh, it's in the corner of the parking lot. It got shady in the afternoon. It was by the tree line. It felt, it wasn't just like in a hot, sweaty parking lot. It was a nice little nook separated from the noise and when I got there, I realized I had brought not just my handheld recorder with the built-in mic, but a couple XLR cables, a couple 58s, a couple mic stands. I had sort of this romantic notion that if we pinned someone down for an interview, we'd set up in the van, we'd make a little studio, we'd have close mics. It wasn't just my field recorder. I was like, let's just do this. Like, let's do this. I pulled the cooler out. He sat on the cooler, set up the mic stands. So I had... Uh, I had a multi-track situation, completely battery powered. And he rolled down like seven songs. And one of his buddies showed up on the scene. Alex, shout out Alex. He's like, he was just sitting on the side. I was like, bro, film. Like, let's do this. Like all of a sudden, like we were a production company. (laughs) Just crystallized. (laughs) It just happened. And like, that's all well and good. But it turns out Brendan Daniel is a fucking badass songwriter with a great voice he is a great musician he's off also been through the fire in terms of like tension within his band over the whole Mm. shit show of the last few years so he's feeling a little bit marooned not knowing where to go his band also is with his brothers so there's like that family layer to it so like i just felt like i had to hook this kid up like let's let's make a record right he did seven songs uh, all in one take. Wow. The, I didn't know you did that many songs. Yeah. Except for the one song. He busted a string like 30 seconds into the first song, which was, again, it's like sort of a setback. If I didn't happen to have some extra strings, we would have been fucked. But I, of course I had extra strings, you know, <laughs> um, huh. I had my mics. I had my strings. I had everything he needed. Uh, he, his buddy filmed the whole thing. And, uh, but I don't, what I want to emphasize is he is so good and his songs were so good. And I cannot believe, even as I'm recording it, it's like, as Tom Waits says, the best music doesn't want to be recorded. It's mm. like slippery and evasive. Mm. And you can have mm-hmm. all the mics, mm-hmm. you can have all the gear. And it's still, you don't capture that lightning in a bottle. But I think because we were at Porkfest in a parking lot, like the most unpretentious place to try and cut some tracks, it was just magic. I got it back to the studio. I, I imported stuff into Pro Tools as I was preparing this stuff we listened to today for the podcast. I threw a mix together, polished it up a little bit, a little compression, a little EQ, and it's so good. It's so good. Awesome. I didn't even trust it either at first. I listened to one song, the one I sent you guys, the one we're going to listen to. I was like, this song's good. Are they all this good? I was almost like nervous to open it back up. I was like, oh, fuck it. I got to print them all. Printed them all. I listened to it as I drove around getting wood chips yesterday and I just listened to it over and over and over again. This kid really, he threaded the needle. It wasn't really me. 
he stepped up to the plate and delivered. So uh, look for these songs. I'm going to encourage him to release it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Live at Porkfest, we've got the videos to boot. So I only met him, you know, that day. But as often happens, happened to me and Tim, it's like you make very fast friends right. in this brave new world. And uh, and so here, let, let's let's listen to the song. This is Brendan Daniel, The Hills We Die On. We land on the moon in 1969. They lied about it. But I know that hill and I know they'll kill and die on it. Plant their flag on it. Tell me who killed who and forward reasons, forward views, disguises. And I know that hill and I know they'll kill and die on it. They can fight on it. And these are the hills. These are the hills we'll die on It's where we plant our flag And what we will not change our minds on These are the hills we'll die on And I know that hill and I know they'll kill and die on it Test and try on it We didn't need to be deceived about solutions to disease and violence But I know that hill and I know they'll kill and die on it They can fight on it These are the hills These are the hills we'll die on Where we plant our flag and what we will not change our minds on These are the hills that we will kill and die on. So the curtain has been drawn And who's behind it 
know that hill and I know we'll kill and die on it. They rely on us. These are the hills. These are the hills we'll die on. It's where we plant our flag and what we will not change our minds on. These are the hills that we will kill and die on. Okay, boys. Yeah. Pretty inspiring. It's got red pill room written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> That, you know, I'm thinking this is, you know, this is like, I, I, I don't mean to bring up like Bob Dylan and it, cause I'm, I'm, I'm personally just not really, I'll probably get flack for this, but I'm not really a big Bob Dylan fan. Get out of my studio. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly. However, um, I feel like I'm a part of something that is organically swirling, you know? Uh, like they used to talk about the soup, the primordial soup that gave life, spontaneous generation. This is so we're, I think, at the beginning of something, you know, that this this music writer, this songwriter is like representing something that's so organic and so coming out of such a genuine, authentic place of something that I can I can get behind that I feel very connected to. Not just I can get behind. I already feel part of. Um, and it's pretty amazing to see that happening. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you use, I mean, the obvious reference is Bob Dylan, Guy of the Harmonica, Spit and, spit and Fire. Um, and we already have an Etienne de la Boisy the second. It's like maybe he should just like cut to the chase and be Bob Dylan the second. Like, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> he is his own. I, I'm no. just kidding. I'm riffing. But I, uh, I know you are. Um, you know, I, of course, I was chomping at the bit to, to share a song with those guys, too. And, of course, I sang Make Pretend. And uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. I had, like, you know, sometimes you'll get a chill that goes through your yep. body. It was like it wouldn't leave my body. I could hardly get through the song. In fact, I, like, messed up the words at the end because it, like, overcame me. Mm. Because I could, like, I forget who I was telling the, the idea of, Oh, maybe it was with, was it with Earl? Was it at your house, Ben? The idea of a guitar pull, mm-hmm. right? Where it's not a jam. You're not like all playing music together. The guitar goes from person to person. And now you sit and sing a song. Yes. while The rest of the people just sit and listen. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's a real different energetic exchange. And so that's what it was. It's like, we listened to Brendan roll seven songs down. Of course we were recording it. Recorder was off. And, he, and Brendan and Alex just sat and listened to me and the way that I could tell that they were receiving it, it like there was a, an electric an electricity mm. that we were sharing mm-hmm. that, uh, that 
that I, I don't think I've really ever felt before for like that drawn out amount of time for like the four minutes of the song. Wow. We were sharing a moment. <laughs> yeah. We sharing a moment. It was a big thing. Wow. Yeah. You can see why. I mean, how good is that? It's it's gave me chills. Yeah. Yeah. I see myself just listening to that uh, over and over again. And I haven't listened to the rest that you sent of his tunes. I can't wait to to dive in. But I red pill room material like well i honed in on that one too because that's a line ben that you've often used in regards to bodily sovereignty this is the hill i die on yep that's what i was saying over and especially in 2021 when the shots came out and i was already knowing that that's what was going to happen already in 2020 and when they rolled it out i was like this is the hill i i I was mild-mannered me was like yeah don't f with me if you come at me with that i will you know not you know in my imagination at that point of course no one did obviously thank god but in an energetic sense i was like i will use physical coercion and violence to defend myself because that's where i'm at that's this is where i draw the line you know and so this is the spirit that's being embodied in the movement, I think, in New Hampshire and at Porcupine Fest. It's a porcupine. Yeah. You know, moves, slumbers along slowly. Yeah. But don't mess with me. Yeah. Leave me alone. You know, don't come after me. Yeah. You know, so so it's it's absolutely aligned with where my spirit and my mind is 100%. And to state the obvious, I like the way that he he turns that phrase around that that they've got their hills that they'll kill and die on. It's mm-hmm. that, that idea, the denial till death thing. Everyone's yeah. got their, you know, they've got their paradigm that they're, they will protect and defend till the death. Even if it's built on a house of cards, that's the hill they'll die. They're too far in to back down now. Yep. And so there's a, a little bit of an impasse not even a little bit it's the ultimate impasse uh, that that's been that we're, we're we're forced to confront but he's calling it out right and i think that's what's so powerful about him i don't think he had even heard of of howard before that weekend and all of a sudden he's camping with him and like he's in his 20s still like um in some ways he's you now he's very awake but mm. like he's um in some ways just stepping into this concept of like sovereign law and, and anarchy and voluntarism. Right. And uh, boy, he really hit the nail on the and head. And there's more of, there's more of him. There's more of, if there's, if there's him, you know, we have this kind of notion that that generation is kind of like this lost generation, right? right? That they're all just sucked into their phones and have been, <sighs> co-opted by the state and by seduced by by, and you know you know gender dysphoria and just don't even you know and totally um uh what's the word Uh, um detooth that's not the word but uh uh, yeah defanged and um castrated you know and i i I make you know from both men and women uh but but i think if he's there he also represents a contingent of people of his age in that generation that are also there. And it wasn't just him. It was him and his book, his boy, Alex, right? There were two of them. They're, they're multiplying. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah. And it's I got exciting. to play like sort of the Obi-Wan figure. It's like, yeah, I've got, I've got like 
20 years under my belt doing this. And yes, I can record you in a field and it's going to sound great. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was proud of that. You just, know what I mean? um, yeah, just, that's awesome. Well, just remember what Obi-Wan had to do to catalyze Luke. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> um, I also just want to say and whisper that the moon landing was fake. <laughs> I've often said a little that, teaser for the red pill room that the yeah. most important thing you can do when you're writing a song is is your first line. Yeah, your first line gets you. If you've got them, I mean, I guess that's obvious, but you'd be surprised how many people miss that <laughs> piece of wisdom. Yeah. yeah, but is there a better first line than that that makes you want to be like, oh my god, what else does this yeah. guy have to yeah. say? I'm in. Yeah, keep singing. That's good. Where point. are we going from here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Headliner, headliner, red pill room. Yeah. Next year, Port <laughs> Fest 2024. Um, mm-hmm. Well, gentlemen, I think we'll, I guess we'll, we'll wrap there. I will um, be on realtor.com uh, browser <laughs> and sending you text messages. Uh, Tim Stores, man, what a joy again to like face to face with you and then now having you on an episode. Um, your brother, uh, you've got so much like wisdom and it's just awesome to be on this journey with you. So thanks for like, for joining us, man. That's mutual. It's an absolute pleasure to hang out with you, Ben and Mike. Uh, I feel like I say, I feel very connected to both of you guys and, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing the road with you a piece down the road, down the road. I repeated myself, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It's it's just beginning. Down yep. the down the Biden interstate. No, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> folks, folks, remember that nothing you heard here should be taken as medical advice. As uh, neither Mike nor well Mike and Tim and I, we are not <laughs> medical experts. We are freedom experts. Remember that you are you are light. You are love, and uh, you are your primary healthcare provider. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah.